you have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from LAist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes too when you donate now at LAist.com sweeps. Coming up, the day my friend was name-checked on The Simpsons. Please welcome Ali- um, Lisa? Lisa. Uh, Simpson. Yes. And uh, Isabel Adolfo Guzman Lopez Gutierrez. From LAS Studios, this is Off Ramp. I'm John Raby. Welcome to all our new listeners and our returning listeners. Can you all please do me a favor? You know how iTunes and Stitcher work. They pay attention to subscriptions. So please go ahead and subscribe to Off Ramp. And if you could take the time to spread the word on your social accounts about Off-Ramp, I'd really appreciate it. Doing both those things gets the word out about the important stories we're telling here about Southern California. I really appreciate it. And I know if you subscribe, you feel obligated to listen to every single uh, episode as it comes out. It's okay if you skip one or two. Subscribing will be a huge help. So please go ahead and do those things. Now, the other day, I sent my friend and colleague here at KPCC, Adolfo Guzman Lopez, a text that said, I like that I'm learning about you even 22 years later. I'm a bit ashamed that I'm learning about you 22 years later. I was texting Adolfo after I heard his new podcast, which is the new season of Imperfect Paradise from LAS Studios. Mrs. Gomez gets up and heads into the house. A few minutes later, she comes back with a wooden plaque. Teenage Oscar is smiling at us in a sports coat and skinny tie. Put put Oscar over there. Above his picture, I read, Baldwin Park High School Scholar Athlete of the Year. And underneath Oscar is a list of his accomplishments. Junior class president. Football, baseball. He was a wrestler, too, in high school? Oh, my God. They put the plaque on an empty chair next to me. It feels like Oscar's watching us. Adolfo's podcast is called The Forgotten Revolutionary, and it's about two people. One of them is Oscar Gomez, who was a star of the 1990s Chicano student movement who died mysteriously before he reached his potential. The other is Adolfo, who knew Oscar but took a very different path and who tells us about his life in the podcast as he's telling Oscar's story. I don't think it spoils anything to say that when Adolfo got shot by that Long Beach cop when he was on duty as a KPCC journalist, it made him rethink a lot of things, including realizing that he needs to tell his story. And that's why I wrote that text. I've known Adolfo since he started at KPCC in 2000. I've known him 22 years, and I didn't know a lot of what he reveals in The Forgotten Revolutionary. Maybe I should have been a better friend. Anyway, Adolfo wrote back, there's still time to learn about each other and do our reporting. The deadline hasn't come. Amen, Adolfo. Thank you. So, if you will go subscribe to Imperfect Paradise, the Forgotten Revolutionary, I will play you one of the most fun pieces we ever had on off-ramp. Adolfo filed it in 2014 when he became a pop culture celebrity. It was a Monday, and I got an email from Hedy Lynn Hurdies. Did you watch The Simpsons this past weekend? Because guess what? You were mentioned. You were singled out on that show. I thought it was spam. But then two more people told me I should check it out. Yeah, Boogerhead! And I say we move beyond name-calling to solve our real problems. Here's what the episode's about. Lisa Simpson is running for second-grade class rep against bilingual, bicultural, super-popular Isabel Gutierrez. Dios los bendiga a todos. 
The kids love it when she switches from flawless English to Spanish. They're both introduced at the last debate. And now for their final debate, please welcome Ali, um, Lisa, Lisa uh, Simpson, yes, and uh, Isabel Adolfo Guzman Lopez Gutierrez. Uh, hey, ladies? look at me. I'm a pop culture reference. I'm totally flattered. But for a moment I thought, really? Is that how I'll be remembered after thousands of radio reports over 13 years at KPCC? Is that what'll be on my tombstone, a phonetic spelling of my name? <laughs> yeah, you made it. <laughs> at long last. Smarty Pants Rico Galliano from Dinner Party Download basically said, yeah, that's how you'll be remembered. It is the only the only thing that we as radio reporters or hosts have are our names. Nobody can see our faces. You don't have it. Most people are very surprised when they meet us to see what we look like. But the and what's weird also is that especially for public radio, which people keep on all day long, we're all basically interchangeable voices for people. The only thing that makes us stand out is our name. I was born in Mexico. Spanish was my first language. Then I learned English when we moved to San Diego when I was seven. Bueno, tu, tu nombre completo es Adolfo Guzman López. My name's been a battleground for my mom. When she split up with my dad, she officially changed my name to Adolfo López. That's her last name. She was a stickler for language. Growing up, she was always aware of how people's opinion changed based on how you spoke. What if I anglicize my name, mom? ¿Qué tal si dijera el nombre Adolfo Guzman López? Pues estarías haciendo una imitación falsa. You wouldn't be Mexican if you anglicized your name. She was even more of a nationalist when I was a kid. She feels strongly about it, but she has arthritis now, so she won't back it up like she would in the old days. Now she's an American citizen, votes, and gushes about the African-American lady she exercises with at the Y. Hey, speaking of names, have you ever repeated your name over and over again so many times in your head that it lost its meaning? Adolfo Guzman Lopez. Adolfo Guzman Lopez. Adolfo Guzman Lopez. Adolfo Guzman Lopez. That's her name. Lots of other broadcasters in English media keep the Spanish pronunciation of their names. It's Latino USA. I'm Maria Hinojosa. I'm Rosa Flores here in Atlanta. Thank you so much for sticking around with me. The CNN Hero Special. Well, I pronounced my name in Spanish. It was the name my mother gave me, Luis Torres. Very few have been doing it as long as Luis Torres. He's an institution in L.A. Radio News. His first big story was the massive 1968 East L.A. high school walkouts that he covered as editor of the Lincoln high school rail splitter. In 1980, just out of journalism graduate school, he got a job at KNX. I'd get letters from people saying, why do you say your name that way? This is America. And almost inevitably, they would write, why don't you go back where you came from? And of course, I came from a place that was about 10 miles away from the radio station where I was working. There's a history to the hate letters he got. This 1960 routine made comedian Bill Dana a household name. How do you do, sir? May we have your name? My name? Osai And you're the chief astronaut with the United States Interplanetary Expeditionary Force? I am the chief astronaut. Even in 2014, with so many Spanish surnames in politics, sports, and entertainment, it still grates on the ears of some people. Articles about, oh, this poor Latino. No, his mommy won't help him. And the whites go to four-year colleges, but the Mexicans don't. I, you know what? 
Boo-hoo. I got this call recently after a story I did about the high community college enrollment rates of Latinos attending high-performing schools. Which brings me back to my name appearing on The Simpsons. I had UCLA Chicano Studies professor Marisa Lopez watch it. This is totally apropos of nothing, but have you heard the riddle, uh, what do you call a Mexican astronaut? What? An astronaut, you racist. <laughs> Marisa Lopez is a big thinker. She's using philosophical models to look at Latinidad, Chicanidad, and shifting identity in the not-too-distant future when the mainstream point of reference is no longer white. That's sort of Isabel Gutierrez in The Simpsons. Second grade rep, Isabel Gutierrez. Third grade rep, no Congratulations, Isabel. I asked John Raby about it, and he said, It's radio. It doesn't really matter how you say it. What matters is that people remember it which they do. So, for Off-Ramp, I'm Adolfo Guzman Lopez, 89.3 KPCC. That piece is from the Off-Ramp archive from 2014. Adolfo's podcast, The Forgotten Revolutionary, features a piece of music that is classic now, but was ubiquitous in 1970. We're going to get the history of El Chicano's Viva Tirado after the break. From LA Studios, this is Off-Ramp. The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAS.com sweeps. Welcome back to Off-Ramp. Adolfo's podcast, which maybe you just heard an ad for, is about a Chicano rights leader named Oscar Gomez. He had a radio show called La Onda Chicana, Chicano with an X, a weekly music and interview show he hosted on KDVS, UC Davis's college radio station. Its theme song was Viva Tirado, and we got the backstory of that song on Off-Ramp years ago. The song was about a Mexican bullfighter named Jose Ramon Tirado, and it was written by L.A. jazz great Gerald Wilson. In 1970, Viva Tirado became a monster hit for a band out of East L.A. called El Chicano and was later sampled by Kid Frost. As Oliver Wang wrote, Viva Tirado is at the center of a rather remarkable, multi-generational conversation between L.A.'s black and brown communities. After all, here's a song originally written by a black composer in honor of a Mexican bullfighter covered by a Chicano band steeped in black R&B and jazz, then sampled by the first major Chicano rap artist. It seems no matter where the song goes, it's always a bridge between cultures. In 2009, Adolfo produced this interview between Jesus Velo of the band Los Illegals and one of his heroes, the late Bobby Espinosa of the band El Chicano, who remembered when Viva Tirado hit it big in 1970. My name is Bobby Espinosa. I'm with the group El Chicano, keyboardist, vocalist, producer. Chuy Velo, Los Illegals, Bobby Espinosa, who I'd been searching out since way back when. The first important thing for me is to ask him what it was like to be the first Chicano band ever in the entire world to do the Apollo Theater. I want to know how he flew there, what he ate, who was involved, did he get, did he get paid. And just going to New York was big for us, you know. We, we flew in at night, I remember that. And it was like first time on a plane. It was so exciting. It's hard to put in words, but the excitement, you know, you just it's like a dream. You're somewhere where you're 
breaking ground for other people, and, and it, it was such a good feeling. Painting the Apollo was a frightening thing because we used to hear stories about, you know, people throwing cabbages and tomatoes and all that. But we knew that we were making history there, you know? So they didn't know whether we were black. They thought we were black. So when we came on stage, they saw us and we had the long hair and, you know, we were Indios to them. But once we played the song, it was just incredible the way the reaction was. How many tunes did you have to play that night? 30 minutes set, but three times a day, they were showing a movie, then the show would happen. The they live show. show a movie? Yeah. There was no no problem at all. We were there a week. When a week? week. Oh, a week, man. I did Letterman and they threw us out the next day. Oh my God. <laughs> I know there was a lot of pressure on you, politically, socially, that you kind of just like didn't get a chance to really do your music because there was so much your covers had to be revolutionary whether you liked well, it or not it didn't have your to songs be. sort of had to be I know you were getting tension from both sides and, and you, you gotta say hey it was the post 60s it was really extreme in those days they were all you know musically it brings us all together did you ever tour Mexico that's my next never, thing we never played Mexico you're lucky <laughs> the first thing we went there like Dios is yeah we're chingo now Mexico's happening there and you this thing a whole tour bull rings yeah. the first question the press came to us and asked us, like, all right, you Chicanos, what did you have that we didn't give you as a culture? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> That's what you missed. The song was so big, it crossed over all the... Was it big in New York? Oh, huge. R&B, uh, adult contemporary, uh, jazz, uh, country was the only, uh, you know... Right. Uh, but being raised in East L.A., man, it was probably one of the best things, because you were you heard everything, all the music, and I, was, I, was, I took everything in. You know, jazz, R and B, and I would listen to anything, and then you write, start writing your own songs, and it became something that was something a style, you know, which you're not aware of at the time. And I didn't know until now how much we touched a lot of people, you know, because a lot of Chicanos here in East LA, they had never heard anything that they could relate to on the radio. When they played Viva Tirado and they said El Chicano. A lot of people now tell me that and we felt we felt so proud, man. We, you know, hey, finally, you know, we're, we're you know starting to notice us and all this. So we didn't realize at the time how much we touched people's hearts. I'm sitting in a girl at a dating's house. It's 1970, and her house is pretty, you know, pretty messed up in El Serena with the screen door ripped out and the, the sun's going down. And you're on a TV show, and I can't remember if it was on Channel Nine or whatever. And as the sun's going down, her. Her little sisters, her mother, her brothers, the Theos, all came out to the living room and we watched El Chicano play that song. And it was just a quiet moment where everybody got quiet. And that was that to me meant a lot. So God bless El Chicano. And thank you very much, brother. Jesus Velo and the late Bobby Espinosa of the band El Chicano in an interview Adolfo produced in 1970. Stick around after the break. If you're still not convinced, I'll play you the trailer to The Forgotten Revolutionary. From LAS Studios, this is Off Ramp. How to LA is our love letter to Los Angeles. We'll tell you where to get a yummy torta, a bowl of kanji, and of course, a burger. It's a beef sausage blend, fried egg, grilled onions, and then raspberry jam. What hiking trails to check out. This feels like we're out in the mountains. And where to take in some culture. 
Lemert Park. They've been fostering jazz for decades. LA is a big place with a lot going on. So we got you. Subscribe to How to LA from LA Studios wherever you listen to podcasts. From LA Studios, this is Off Ramp. I'm John Raby, and here is the trailer to one of the best podcasts out there. You probably know me as Adolfo Guzman Lopez, public radio journalist. But in the 1990s, I was a Chicano student activist. That's something I'm not supposed to tell you about. A past that's not supposed to be a part of my journey as a reporter. I marched and protested while people shouted that immigrants, like me, should go back to where they came from. And when I became a reporter, I packed those years away into a box, along with some of my most painful memories. But now, when I open that box, the voice I hear loudest is that of Oscar Gomez. Oscar was a 90s Chicano student activist, too. Except he was a rock star. A radio DJ, college student, and a trailblazer in the Chicano movement at just 21 years old, talking Chicano empowerment on the air. What are these people scared of? That the raza is going to get educated, that they're going to be able to go back and empower their communities? It's something that we got to ask ourselves, raza, and something that we must continue to ask ourselves because la lucha continua. We were close in age and ran in the same activist circles. He was young, handsome, and charismatic. He gave a platform to important Chicano voices on his show. He knew that this government's not for us and that we needed to take action. He was fire. He was charisma incarnate. All the girls married with a boyfriend or single, everyone had a crush on him. Yeah, he would have been a, someone that people should follow. Someone that could walk alongside Cesar Chavez, you know. But in the fall of 1994, all that promise came to an end. The body of 21-year-old Oscar Gomez was discovered at the bottom of a cliff near the UCSB campus. Gomez died of massive head wounds, but his family doesn't believe he got them from falling off a cliff. It's been nearly 30 years since Oscar passed away, and there's still a lot of questions. Many of Oscar's family and friends believe he was murdered. For years, I've been unsure of whether to open that box, whether I really wanted to re-examine Oscar's death, to revisit a past in which fraught politics was met with a new kind of resistance, the echoes of which we still hear today. But now, I've found answers about what happened to Oscar Gomez. Oscar was a complex person. You know, he had a lot of drive and animo, but he also had of... um, there was, I think, a little bit of a chaotic part to him. Nobody knows what happened. Well, that's why we're here. Yeah, that's why we're like here. I'm the, only that's one. Why we're here. I'm the only one that knows. Prepare yourself. It's an intense ride, and just when you think you've a notion of where this story may be going, bam, you'll jump tracks. I'm Adolfo Guzman Lopez, and this season on Imperfect Paradise from Elias Studios, Oscar Gomez, the Forgotten Revolutionary. 
You know, as far as the radio goes, you know, I'm just the needle. You guys are the record. You know, and without without you guys, I'm I'm not anything. Okay, it's time to go. Thanks to Fesslian Studios for our theme music. From Elias Studios, I'm John Raby, and I'll see you next time on The Off-Ramp. This program is made possible in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people.